Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. And onwards to Corinthians 2, which is kind of a compilation letter, perhaps featuring either one, two, three, four, five, or six different letter fragments being smashed together. Let's crack on into this, right? We need to start by saying this. Paul and his mate Timothy write in this to the people of Corinth. Old Timbo was the guy mentioned a couple of times in the last one that I didn't know who it was. Well, it's, it's Paul's mate, I guess. And he, well, um, I suppose they, want to offer comfort and stuff. And their hope is firm because everyone shares the same sufferings. He then mentions how fucked up shit got in Asia and he thought he would lose his life. But it's all good and God is the reason for that. Which leads me to really hope that we're going to get a story of their wild lads tour of Asia, a kind of apostles gone wild type ride that probably was what inspired the Hangover movie franchise. If you can imagine the Hangover movie franchise being covered in mental profits and being good, or even average, just imagine the Hangover films not being fucking abysmal. I am sorry for making you imagine the Hangover films. I fucking hate the Hangover movies. Where were we? Oh, yeah, then he does some boasting. Paul, this is boasting Paul, right? But in like a funny way, he says, by saying he's not being God, because he's saying he's not God, right? He is accepting that he's weak, and Corinth is his favourite place, so he wanted to see them more than anything. And all of God's promises are sort of like, yes, like confirmed in Christ or something. And it makes Paul firm. When God deposits in him, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Paul gets firm when God deposits in him. Is this the same Paul who is against sex of any kind? Didn't he bang on against sexual immorality? But then, I suppose, if you are having sex with God, as he is the embodiment of morality, and the source of all moral laws, according to Paul, I suppose you can't possibly be sexually immoral with the epitome of morality. God can chuck it up you however he wants, and you feel free to firm the fuck up, and it's all good in the hood, I guess. Anyway, I'm not going to visit you, Paul, again, because it would bring us all down because of the Asia stuff, yeah. I strongly suspect we aren't ever going to hear about the Asia stuff, right? I can only assume that Paul is saying some of my other stories are dead interesting, but you don't know those ones, they go to a different school. Right. Paul continues, I do love you though. Anyway, remember to forgive anyone who upsets you. And anyone you forgive, I will forgive as well. So Satan won't outwit us. Anyway, God thinks we stink of Jesus and death sometimes, but mainly we're good. And hey, Corinth, right? You wanted us to give you fucking recommendations, did you? Well, we made you. You are the letter of recommendation, so wind your neck in, and glory is better now than glory used to be. We aren't like Moses, we are better. We proper look at glory. Jesus' people are shinier, 
the Moses' people. Let's break this down just a tad. Corinthians were asking for proof from Paul that he was actually worth listening to, and he did this stupid, bizarre, circular argument of, you are listening, therefore I should show you a mirror. If you trust me, then surely you trust yourself. So you can trust me because you already trust me and you trust yourself not to trust someone who isn't trustworthy. So only by trusting trustworthy people, you can trust me, right? The fact that you trust me is enough proof of my trustworthiness for you to trust me in which, in which turn you can trust me because you trust yourself and you already trust me. I made you, you're here, I created this church, the fact that you're part of it, means everything I say about this church that I created has to be true. It proves I'm right, right? So, we have renounced bad things, yeah? We don't use secrets. Our gospel is only veiled to those who don't believe it, so it's kind of on them, really. And we get persecuted, but that's fine. Encouraged, some would say. We hold on to the death of Jesus to help us live. Death works in us, but life works in you, right? I believe, therefore, I speak. God is gonna raise us from the death, so chill out. It's all good. They sound terrifyingly like some kind of death cult, don't they? So if our body dies, well, when? When we, uh, when our bodies die, right? We will have our god bodies and it'll be rad. This world sucks hard and fair enough, it is rubbish, right? But our spirit will be all good after that. We live by faith, not by sight. We will all be judged for our actions when we are dead. If we are crazy, it's for God. So it doesn't matter that we are mental. And Jesus died for us, so we have to live for Jesus. We should not give a fuck about this world. And we are Christ's ambassadors. So yeah, right, seems like life is seen as just a burden to be put up with. There's only one way this kind of rhetoric tends to lead, isn't there? I'm looking at you, Heaven's Gate! We are God's co-workers. Not equals, but co-workers, right? Don't take this bright bling glory in vain, because the glory is literally, they are literally shiny people, that's what he's saying, right? Don't hinder people. Then he just lists a long list of contradictory things, you know, be poor yet rich, etc. Thinking it sounds like smart poetry rather than utter asinine bullshit. Uh, let's purify ourselves, he goes on to say, make room for us in your heart because we're fucking brilliant. We are basically the best and I want to be proud of you, Corinth. Look, I'm sorry my letter upset you, but I'm not sorry at all. Fuck you. No, I am not sorry for upsetting you. What fucking letter is he talking about? I mean, this one and the one previous, assuming they're two separate letters, they are having a go at poor old Corinth, but I don't know if people would be upset by it. Oh, and you treated Titus while he says, who the fuck is Titus? Uh, thanks for that. He says you're ace. All your sexy fear and trembling was just as cup of tea, Titus. Right. There seems to be quite a menagerie of Paul people that are mentioned in these two letters, and maybe in the letters going forward. I hope so, right? There better be a spin-off for each of these people. Like, the expanded universe of Paul I would be down for. Right, let's let's tell you about God's church in Macedonia, right? They they gave us so much money, so now it's your turn, Corinth. He's always after money, this fucker, isn't he? All of his letters are just pretending to preach hate, but really, they're only after money. Simple as that. You see where Scientology gets it from, don't you? They are essentially identical to this money-hungry Christianity, only more litigious. 
Because remember, Paul says, fuck the law. So presumably, a Christian has never sued anyone, so have at them. Slander and libel to your heart's content, and they will just leave you alone. Which reminds me, I have some stories about a few high-profile preachers in the southern states of America. I'll have to fill you in with those a bit later on. And as ever, don't worry, they wouldn't sue. They wouldn't sue at all. Paul continues, You're so good, we know that you'll be generous with your money. We don't think you're an arsehole, right? You don't have to give us money. Remember, only Balans don't give their money to us, but if you want to be a Balans, that's fine, but we trust you not to be. You used to give us money after all, so is it wrong for us to expect you to do it again? For Jesus, we strive for equality. He says that quickly and then rushes over it and rushes forward, hoping no one really paid much attention, right? And then, and then again, he says, we're coming along soon. Uh, me and my partner, Titus, have my fucking money ready. Look, I have been boasting, says Paul, about how generous you are, and you don't want me to look like a liar. You know, you've got loads of money, and you're gonna give it all to me. Do not make a prick of me. When they come for your money, have it ready. Remember that if you give, you'll get back, but don't hold back or be a dick about it. <laughs> it's just... Mm. Yeah, all of these letters, they're just chain letters saying you'll have bad luck if you don't give me money. <laughs> By the humility of Christ, I appeal to you. I am proper timid face to face, but bold in letters, like internet trolls. So when I come, don't force me to be angry. So if I boast about the authority God gave me, I will not be ashamed. I may seem unimpressive in person, but don't let that fool you, motherfuckers. We intend to spread the word of God even further. Right. Don't force me to be angry. Paul, looking at his followers on the ground, bleeding, his hand broken from the punch, screaming, Why do you make me hurt you? Oh, yeah, this is a wonderful template for humanity. Jesus wept, Paul. Put up with me and my foolishness, he says. I offered you as a virgin to God. Don't make a prick of me. You put up with other people preaching, all those fucking super apostles. I don't know what a super apostle is. I assume it's the same as Paul, but in a cape. Maybe it was a sin of me to not be a burden to you and preach for free. Is that so wrong? Maybe you don't want a nice guy. Oh, none of the girls like a nice apostle, right? Maybe you're more interested in a jock prick bad boy apostle. Keeps banging on about boasting. Every other word seems to be boasting. Look, you put up with being enslaved. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Look, I am just as good as those people who preached to you. In fact, I am much better. I have been your friend since forever. I've been beaten more, been arrested more, been persecuted more. I am much better at being a renegade bad boy of religion. I am fucking amazing for all my sacrifices. I am so much fucking better. Why don't any of the girls like a nice apostle? I got humility shooting out of my massive cock and all over my handsome face. I am weak in the best way, bitches. Then we get more boasting. He says he's going to boast more about his visions and his revelations. And with all this boasting, I'm never going to boast about myself other than my weaknesses. And, you know, I'm sure he has said a few times that boasting is wrong, and every word he says is a boast. I was given a thorn in my chest by God, he says, making me weak because God wants me weak. I delight in persecution, and he does, doesn't he? I am strong in my weaknesses and other sixth form poetry nonsense. Uh, I am so much better than those super apostles. Why don't you want to kiss me? And when I turn up to see you, I won't be a burden, I promise. I suspect he will be a burden. 
So get ready for my third visit, yeah? I'm gonna treat the sinners like dickheads. Jesus was crucified in weakness and now lives with us. Jesus is inside all of us. Don't do anything wrong, okay? Do what is right. I don't want to be harsh when I'm there. So rejoice, brothers and sisters. Encourage one another and live in peace. Kiss each other. Go on, kiss. I want to watch you kiss. And there we have it. Thus ends this second letter to the Corinthians, and I think you'll agree the Corinthians are put firmly in their place. I wonder who is up next. Congratulations on listening to this episode of Better Bible. Start a club and share your favorite moments. Tell your loved ones we're here, and we will save you. Greg Bless. That's really stupid. stupid. <laughs>